0: hello and welcome to the lead generation strategies podcast i'm your host joey myers from uh, lead generation seoservices.com and enfuego media and with me today i have the honor and pleasure of having miss courtney polis i got her last name correct there so welcome to the show courtney
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: <laughs> cool to have you. And so we had a we had a conversation probably a couple months ago or so. And, uh, and at first, it was just more of a marketing type thing, and we were talking about the content marketing distribution that that we do, and if that can help you guys. And 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 we just had a fascinating conversation about. Real estate in Los Angeles versus Florida and and things like that. And so, um, you know, I know your your company is is Acme Real Estate, which I, I love that name. And it's for those that want to find it, which we can kind Of promote that at the end, acme okay. like the acme dash re.com. Okay. Um, and uh, again, Los Angeles and Florida, we'll get into that a little bit why so far apart. Um, and then we'll promote kind of what what you want to do there. But go into a little bit more detail about what you guys do, Courtney, down there in LA and Florida.
1: Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I started Acme in 2011, I'm the broker owner and CEO. And I started Acme because I was very frustrated with big box brokerages and the limitations that they put on people's marketing ability, you know, in ideas and inventions and all the things. And I just if you know me, you know, I'm a rebel spirit. I don't like asking for permission. I felt very, um like strangled by bureaucracy at a big brokerage. Now, some people thrive in it and I'm not knocking that. For me, I'm much more about creativity and transformation. Mm -hmm. So in creating Acme, we've really innovated the way marketing is done in Los Angeles when it comes to real estate. And a lot of bigger brokerages have taken notice and have started using the people we use and kind of trying to imitate the thing that we do. But I know they can't actually imitate me. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's about creating real estate as lifestyle, never cheaping out on the tactile experience of real estate. So that means higher quality printed materials. Our brochures look like like magazines, you know, but they're not magazines. They're dedicated specifically to each individual property, but each one is custom done by our own graphic designer who is only working for us when it comes to real estate. So it's not like we outsource a lot of the stuff that's brand related to bigger companies nationwide. Like we quality control every piece that goes out. Mm -hmm. We've also this year really started creating content, video content, which was uh, something that I've always wanted to do, but this year it felt like the right time. So we launched a podcast called under all is the land. You can find that on YouTube, youtube youtube.com forward slash Acme real estate. And we talk about everything that we wish people were talking about, about the industry of real estate. But, you know, people are scared to say things that are controversial in our industry. So all in all, what I'm trying to say is Acme transformation brand. We are about transforming homes, neighborhoods, communities, lives. We believe in the transformative power of real estate to create legacy wealth, to lift people up and ultimately equalize races, genders, species, whatever. Ownership is the way to go if you're feeling displacement. And it's certainly the way that most wealthy people in our country have made their money. So our marketing is not just, uh, you know, it's not just to the rich and famous. We market to everyday people who want to change their lives. And that's been a cornerstone of us creating editorially for our listings, like this is the house that you deserve for the price that you're going to pay.
0: Yeah. and if people go to the the website acme forward slash re.com you can really see the, the acme dash re, dash re. Yeah. Com <laughs> um not not the word dash but the dash yeah um, hyphen. the yeah. hyphen hyphen exactly um you, if you go to the the website you can really see a very big design influence and a very big storytelling influence and and like Courtney said it's like the you know each property has its own story and there's some beautiful properties there and and, and some of them smaller, some of them bigger. like you said you're you're kind of full mix of, of all that and that that's a really cool cool thing. and I think one of the things that struck me in the first in the first conversation we had was the the video production stuff and talking to other real estate, people across the nation, people Midwest to the East coast and, you know, the video part, they haven't even touched on. So go into a little bit more depth on the, what you guys are doing, video production. I know you're doing some, you're on some shows and and things like that. And maybe, yeah,
1: I mean, I've been blessed. I had a TV show on FYI network a few years ago. I've been on million dollar listing, um, being in LA, it's hard to avoid, uh, getting pitched for shows for sure. And a lot of our agents have done shows too, like house hunters and those kinds of things. For me, I have an issue with reality TV around real estate because it shows a very um, contrived piece of it. It doesn't go into lending. It doesn't go into real relatable scenarios and also the job of real estate. Mm -hmm. So on some level, our content is around now the job of real estate so people can hear how conversations are being done. So our podcast has a video component to it. We've also been shooting uh, cinematic pieces around Break Up With Your Rental, which is a book I wrote a couple of years ago, and it's still very relevant. But the idea of Break Up With Your Rental is for single women, especially, to acknowledge that financial independence can help them make better life choices and starting young is the way to go. So you don't have to wait for the white picket fence. You don't have to wait for the perfect man. You can get started ASAP like right now. The time is always now when it comes to real estate. So that book has a lot of my personal story in it. I came from a family that you know, didn't own and There was no prospect of owning. Um, There was no financial literacy. Like my great grandparents were farmers and my grandparents owned a shop and was a bus driver. You know, it was like very blue collar and agricultural. Um, But when it came to me, I had bigger dreams and I wanted to live in a bigger place and I wanted to have more dynamics and stability than what that life can afford people. Mm -hmm. So how do you do that? You know, it was always a great source of stress for me And my, I started working when I was 12, but like from 12 to 30, you know, how am I going to make something out of nothing? And real estate really does that at any price point. So even if you can't afford to buy where you live, buying where you can, when you can, uh, allows you the opportunity to have an appreciating asset and, you know, tax benefits and all of those things. So all that information that I absorbed through trial and error, I put into the book and really started to visually explain those things in short cinematic clips, which are also on the YouTube channel uh, for people to see. And those have been very successful. I think people feel inspired by the idea that they can actually do this. And that is, you know, a key piece of our ethos at Acme.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, um I come from a similar background too and have the, the a similar entrepreneurial bug. And um, I got friends that are the same way. And, and I think that's a great, just because some of the other things we'll probably talk about here in a, in a moment of what you guys are doing, especially on the nonprofit side and, and all that. Um, I think drivers like yourself and, and others like you are what I think our market really needs right now. Um, and so for those that are, are looking at what you've done, what was it school was it more of uh kind of a passionate curiosity to to learn what what was it that gave you the skills to get you to where you're at now was it was it more tr- like you said trial and error or school of hard knocks yeah.
1: <clears throat> well like i said i've been working since i was 12 when i was 12 i was bussing tables i worked at a candy shop you know when i was in college i had three jobs I worked at a reggae record label. I worked in marketing. I worked in promotion. I worked in PR. I worked as a waitress. I worked as an assistant. I worked so many jobs over the course of my life where I had to interact with people on so many different levels. It humbles you and it it creates a customer service mindset as well. Like not coming from money can be Definitely limiting mentally if you're if 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 you don't pursue alternate ways of thinking about money. But the one thing that being hum being humble has given to me is is that service mentality that carries through to everything that we do. So in all the things that we are doing, real estate wise. We are trying to contribute back to other people to help open other people's mind and ultimately change other people's lives.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, for me, it, I was sick of suffering. I was sick of feeling like I deserved to have a better quality of life, and I didn't know how to do it, and it was frustrating to me. So, my very last job before I got my real estate license was working for the federal government. I was a subcontract—I was at a subcontractor, mm-hmm. and I was making thirty-seven thousand dollars a year and I had to work nine hour days with a mandatory lunch break. We had mandatory human resources meetings, mandatory, you know, it was like, there was so much inefficiency. It was like mandatory inefficiency. And in fact, at one point, my supervisor came over to my desk and said, Courtney, you're working too quickly. You need to slow down so we can build the government more hours. (laughs) And that's so contradictory to the way that I am, you know, I work, I'm like, you know, so for me, that was like a, That was a major red flag. I'm like, I can't do this. This is soul sucking Mm -hmm. binge alcohol drinking inducing work. And I don't want to do that. So where can I get all my needs met? Mm -hmm. And that's where real estate really is incredible because it's there for you if you're a narcissist right like you get to see your picture on the billboard you get to get all the glory at the end of the deal you know but it's also there for you if you really care about helping people achieve their dreams so it serves it's this like cycle and there are certain people who really thrive on that and i think i think that we're we're glamorized narcissistic customer service specialists in a way and it's it works to the benefit of our clients that we want that we want to do such a good job that we get glory, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's a self-serving cycle, but it gives you all these things. All my life, like jobs have come together in one acne is a marketing firm, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we market product and our product is our service and the houses, but the way we do it is just so intentional.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I, I, I was on a podcast early with Ray Ellen. He's out in Arkansas and uh, pixelproperties.com is his company. And he was saying something similar. He started off, he's a marketing guy too. And real estate. So he, he describes a real estate industry as you're a marketing person first, and then real estate is second. So it's kind of similar where the product is real estate, but you got the marketing is where you got to put a lot of your energy into if you want to yeah. promote uh, properties, or if you want to pull buyers in for those properties, things like that. Um, going to a little bit of the nonprofit stuff. I I really like that about you. And I think that makes Acme real estate really unique um, where again, you're not just selling million dollar properties or, you know, that kind of thing, but you, you got some pretty cool, uh, projects that are going on, on, on the side that are related to the real estate world.
1: Yeah. I think you're referring to our scholarship program, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, a few years ago, we had a, I would say unsavory experience with people who were really upset with changes that were happening to their neighborhood Mm -hmm. in East LA. Mm -hmm. So just to be explicit, my seller was a Mexican developer who was selling a house he built from scratch Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood. So it was a vacant lot. There was no house on it. No one had to move out. It wasn't even a flip. It was a built from scratch home by a member of the community um, and Still, it felt like we were at the end of a sword of people who are feeling very much displaced by real estate investors and trans- transforming neighborhoods where now they're priced out of,
2: mm-hmm.
1: of you know, partaking in, in in some of the housing that's in that area and people are feeling displaced. So I listened, you know, we were getting a barrage of messages of, and it, it hurt me, you know, because... I'm sensitive to my own like struggle. Look, I'm starting Mm to cry, but the truth is, it matters. Like where you live matters. Mm -hmm. Sorry,
0: that's okay. No, (laughs) that's what I like. I
1: was gonna get emotional. It's a great, it's a
0: great, it's a great thing that you're doing. So I I want, I want you to share it.
1: Yeah. So it affected me, and it affected us, and we were like, how can we pull more people in? Because maybe people can't afford to go to college. Maybe they go to college and then they come back to LA and there's no job for them here. So how can we pull in people who understand or want to understand real estate as a career that doesn't require you to spend 10 years um, making $37,000 a year in order to actually have a life and a career and, and change your family's life? Mm -hmm. so we wanted more representation in the neighborhoods that we serve and here's another thing that's important for us yes we sell real estate so if a flipper comes to us and says hey we have a house for you to sell that's how we make our money of Mm -hmm. course but Mm -hmm. we are also advocates for home ownership and financial literacy and education and what we're seeing that pisses us off is -hmm. that there are a lot of people who don't know the true value of their home and they're sort of being robbed there are people who come into neighborhoods that have fought historically to exist, you know, and have created an economy that is culturally supportive. Mm -hmm. And now they're seeing out of area investors and people come in and kind of change the color of the neighborhood. And I don't mean race, I mean, the feeling, the respect, even people putting up fences and not understanding their neighbors or talking to their neighbors. And just, you know, it's changing dynamics Mm -hmm. in a way that's really making people upset. So I feel like the key piece in all all of that is representation,
2: mm-hmm. not
1: ironically, since we are agents. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, I feel like if people have representatives in their neighborhoods and are able to get in the ground and 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 really like communicate, you can do this. You want you guys want to buy this duplex? You can rent to whoever you want. You know, you can own this thing. It's appreciating. You can participate in the economic growth of the neighborhood and not be displaced. Mm-hmm. It's ownership that creates a hedge against displacement. Mm-hmm. So whether you have to pull money together, three people have to pull their money together in order to do it. You know, that's what I had to do when I bought my first place. It wasn't three people, it was two people, but still mm-hmm. it's like, we aren't all independently wealthy, but there is a way to do it. And there are programs to help. So, uh, in some, what we, what we thought of to do that is to create a scholarship program where acne pays for uh, real estate salesperson, education, uh, training, licensing fees exam fees professional membership fees and all the startup costs associated with becoming a active real estate salesperson and you know creating a cadre of people who are representatives from the neighborhoods that feel unrepresented so we can get more people to stay in their homes or buy more investment property in the areas where they want to have more of a say, how things are going down, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And, um, and, and I think there's, like you said, there's an educational loop there. There's things that I know you probably thought I've thought that they should be teaching in school, that they're not teaching in school. Well,
1: who, who wins?
0: Yeah. Right. Who
1: wins if they don't teach it in school? Right.
0: Exactly. You know yeah. what I
1: learned last week on my podcast? Mm. Rents go up during inflationary and recessionary periods. Rents go up. So who, who wins? Right. Landlords win.
0: Right.
2: Right.
1: But ironically in Los Angeles with this eviction moratorium that they keep extending, 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 there are people literally on the brink of losing their homes because they can't force their tenants to pay rent. Even though we all know that COVID is not knocking people out of their jobs right now. Right. Right. It's like there's this suspension of reality. So then in that scenario I'm like who wins? Right. So there are governmental powers who definitely want to keep all this extra power that they got during COVID and want to extend mm-hmm. that power as long as they possibly can
2: mm-hmm. working
1: against the individual, you know, homeowners who have small investment properties or whatever. And then and then on the larger scale, the people who can't afford the big corporations who own big blocks of apartment buildings who can afford to, to get through an eviction moratorium with people not paying rent and that kind of thing, they are, um, their, their rents are going up, you know, across the country. So they're making their money. They're going to be fine.
2: Yeah. You know, and- so you
1: have to ask yourself in all of this, like who is winning?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And and you have to look too. I mean, some people are going to hear this, not in California and, you know, we're in the central part of California. So we're, we're probably not seeing as much, but we're seeing quite a bit of vagrancy and it just oh, seems like God. it's, it's blooming all over the place. Oh, I could, so bad I've here. seen LA, I've seen video, I've seen, uh, San Francisco and it is bad.
1: It's, bad. it's bad. bad. And what there are literally like homeless people with weapons shooting at cops on the corner yes. of Beverly and La Brea. There are people attacking like Olympians with freaking bats. It's scary. They're closing the Starbucks at Hollywood and Vine now. Starbucks, yeah, you know it's bad. <laughs> if Starbucks doesn't want that money,
0: well, didn't they? Didn't they just close? in was it in San Francisco? I, I just saw a report that they're closing like eight Starbucks in San yeah, Francisco. Yeah, closing
1: sixty total. But you know, Newsom needs to pay attention, and so do our mayors. Are you know what's happening in LA is unsustainable, and it's that. But that that problem is not about homelessness they mm. are homeless mm. but there's a lot more going on there and mm. you know my understanding is that there are plenty of places in los angeles that's that are for people who are homeless to stay or get a clean get a meal get take a bath whatever shower probably but you know what i'm saying um clean up mm. but you have to be clean in order to take yeah, you advantage of you,
0: gotta be you, have yeah. you gotta be off
1: drugs want to be yeah and dr- then there's mental yeah. health issues going on too mm-hmm. so and drugs some drugs like you know, the tweakers are on drugs that cause paranoid mm-hmm, schizophrenia. So we're literally walking around in a zombie land sometimes. It's freaking scary.
0: Crazy. Well
1: that doesn't help real estate values. Either. No,
0: it doesn't. And uh and, and I would love yeah, that would be cool to have a have a podcast just about that. Uh would oh. be a very interesting podcast. Uh but this well, is a of, I know exactly. Who wins?
2: Who exactly. wins?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to, you have to ask questions. And I think that's what we need more of people that are especially in the real estate industry, like yourself, asking questions and using their brain critical thinking discernment about what's going on what they see going on and how to turn it around. Uh, you know, like you said, representatives. Um, I think that's great in certain areas that you're given scholarships to get get Kid, you know, older, you know, they got to obviously be 18 plus or whatever to, to become an agent, but, yes. um, getting younger people involved in that. And even older people, I mean, it's, it's up for 30, 40, 50 year olds too, that want to maybe restart what they're doing, you know? Um, so, so yeah. I love, I love that about what you guys are doing. Um, exactly. And I know, I know we're, we're slim on time, so I don't, I don't want to, um, you know, I want to be respectful of your time, but I did want to talk, you know, lead generation strategies podcast. So I wanted to talk a little lead (laughs) generation, (laughs) (laughs) um, but I think that gives people a good idea of what you guys are doing and what you're about. Um, so what, what are you So typically what your clients, how do they, how do they typically connect with you?
1: Um, well you know, you have to diversify your lead generation. Of course, you don't want to lean too hard in on one thing. And one of the things I've done successfully in the past is I I advertise where they aren't, mm-hmm. you know? So when people stop sending out postcards, I started sending out postcards.
2: Mm. When people
1: stopped advertising on bus bench ads, I started advertising on bus bench ads. So there was a moment there where like everybody went to online marketing and then there was no tactile marketing. So I'm like, this Mm -hmm. is a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I tend to try and find some space that I can stand out in, but I'll be 100% honest with you. Um, social media for most of my agents has been the number one lead generation, like Mm -hmm. cold lead generations source. And, and I like that because it's better than just seeing a static website, you know, and clicking on somebody randomly. It's like, Mm -hmm. you kind of get to feel like, you know, somebody, uh, before you call them. So it takes a cold lead into warm lead space if you're giving people the right kind of feel. And the success of my agents who have really been successful in that is usually because they're focusing on either a particular area or a particular style of home, something for which they are the specialist. hmm So I think a a mistake a lot of realtors make with social media is, and by the way, my personal social media is not where I have put all my energy. I I put it all into the Acme social media. So my personal social media is nothing Mm
2: -hmm, special,
1: mm -hmm. really. It's Mm -hmm. just little bits and things from my life. But but our Acme social media is really where all the intentional marketing is, you know? And for us, it's been um, very successful at creating like reputations for individual agents by virtue of their uh, specialization.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: what you can't find anymore. So a lot of people just throw things out or like every agent wants to be a specialist on something that's not useful to buyers or sellers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I see a lot of like agents doing like agent agent kind of coaching or I don't even understand the purpose. But if you took a marketing class when you're in college, probably you remember that one of the very first things that you, that you have to do is you have to evaluate the, the outcome that you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. with, your, with your program. So it's like, what message am I sending right now? And I always look at, just like I ask who wins in this situation that's mm-hmm. fuddling to me, and usually it leads me to the right answer. Um, I ask myself, you know, why am I doing this when, before I do anything? Like, what is the message I'm sending? Who's my audience? Like what else do they like? Why am I why am I saying these things? Why am I dancing with my dog right now on Mm. social media? Is Mm -hmm. he saying something? Am I trying to let people know I have a dog? Or like, you know, so sometimes social media gets lost in the muckety muck for agents because we're throwing everything at the wall. We don't know what's gonna stick. But my most successful agents actually chose a thing, paid attention to the metrics, Mm -hmm. and then tweak it and keep working a particular angle, and then they fly
0: any particular social media outlet that is is pretty hot or are you instagram are you guys
1: is what we've had like reels uh-huh. mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but i do know that there are some agents who are saying tiktok is really the spot and i know that my son for example he doesn't look at instagram he's 13 though
2: mm-hmm. but i'm just
1: saying the younger people they're really like obsessed with t- tiktok and don't right. even look at instagram so like Instagram's becoming the new facebook and all the people who don't look at Facebook anymore are, you know, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> the
0: old farts, the old farts. <laughs> the old
2: farts. I mean,
1: I still like Facebook. Me too. You know? yeah. I still got pictures of me from second grade that I can like <laughs> see every now and again, you know, which is kind of fun. But I will say that for effective visual marketing, which is what we're doing, especially in a post-COVID real estate world, mm-hmm. you know, 85% of buyers are finding their properties online um and we have to deliver something for them to look at in order to you know collect their eyes and the other thing that i do is not just train the agents on how to generate leads but it's also on what to do with them once you get them mm-hmm. which is a different skill set you mm-hmm.
0: know right the sales side of things
1: yeah but it's also like the non retail side of things and yeah. i think if you have people coming to real estate from other industries where they had a they asked a lot of, um, can I help you with that? Or do you have any questions or, you know, that kind of thing. It's a lot of, I'm just looking, you know, no, I'll let you know, you know, Mm -hmm. it it leaves a lot to chance. Mm -hmm. And buyers are used to being sold. You know, they walk into open houses, not really even wanting to engage with the agent that's there. Mm-hmm. So a large part of what we do at Acme is training our agents on how to engage in a non-threatening, but ultimately very competent way with people who don't know what they don't know about the buying process.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I think that
1: have- results in like a higher, higher closing rate for just people who walk in. Because you know? you're
0: warming so- them up and you're, you're yeah. like a seal
1: and- but it's also like, I don't need to be so friendly. It's not, it's not, I think somebody from Keller Williams once said like people work with people they like.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm
1: like, I don't think that's true. I think people work with people who they think know more than them about a particular thing. Mm-hmm. And, if, true. and I always use this adage. I'm like, if I was going to get a boob job, right? I'm not going to go to the discount doctor below. It, yeah. Some yeah. random like in the alley boob job guy. Cause he's <laughs> cheap. I want a doctor who has great results and hopefully good bedside manner. And Mm -hmm. I think that's more realistic how realistically how buyers and sellers choose their real estate representation. They want results and competency. Mm -hmm. All these things that people do to be so nice and so accommodating, they don't always result in, um, in closings, you know
0: cookie scented candles the, yeah although those are good and they i they like the smell of <laughs>
1: those, those non-toxic i
0: see you guys i see you guys have some some candles and you got all kinds of cool stuff in your in your store on your site we, do.
1: we launched yeah. a sportswear line mm-hmm. um so we have acne hoodies and sweatpants mm-hmm. and we've done several uh candle collaborations mm-hmm. one with apothea and that's the black candle with the gold writing on it. it's amazing oh, cool. you can order that actually on our on our website mm-hmm. um but we also did a partnership with heretic and those are the ones that mm-hmm. did the goop like they're famous for doing their partnership with Gwyneth Paltrow's mm-hmm. um this candle smells like my vagina or something hey, oh right <laughs> they're very cheeky so if you have a you know no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't watch their Instagram unless you have a, you know, your little
0: yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Ear you muffs and eye muffs and stuff,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but all that to say, their candles are amazing, and so that was another really awesome partnership that we did. Mm-hmm. We have a water line, water like a unique mm-hmm. water bottle line, um, mm-hmm. that we've had out for a couple of years. I think we're gonna change gears and try something new in the mm-hmm. beverage department, but yeah, we. We really are a lifestyle brand. So we try to find things that integrate our sensibilities with the properties that we sell in the neighborhoods we sell. Mm-hmm. And I've been to a lot of meetings. I've been to a lot of Inman's, I've been to a lot of conferences, and I hear a lot of people talking about the things that they do in their communities that are visibility related things. Mm-hmm. So one of the intentional things that we've done in Acme, I don't know if it's going to result in leads. I don't know if it's going to result in whatever, but um, we made a really committed effort to interview community leaders about what's actually going on and get a little deeper than the puppy fair or like, you know, then these like, you know nonsense things that people post banners for you know but really getting into it so like i, I host american dream this season season two so mm-hmm. cal american dream and mm-hmm. you know in this season i've had the opportunity to interview big u mm-hmm. who is the like og uh kind of guy in la for in the music industry but he's also got developing options which is an organization that get that helps kids stay off the streets gang intervention that kind of thing and supports their their sports careers yep. from a very young age um so we're so they they also partnered with us on the on the scholarship uh so we've had such a great interaction with the developing options team and that's real work you know and we've also interviewed um business owners, restaurant owners, the Leimert Park Jazz Festival executive producer was last month's interview. And I just, I'm really enjoying getting to know what's going on right now in like a deeper way to see where, where Acme can be of service. So this is something that I think you have to continue to do. So to wrap this up in one way, lead generation related. I think the most important thing is to not fall for the idea that there's this easy way to just get high quality leads without any effort. You're not gonna get them through paying for them. What is a high quality lead is somebody who chooses you because you've shown them who you are and that aligns with their values. Mm-hmm. And so as a brand, we've shown our clients what our design sensibility is how we market, how we sell, and what we believe is important to the communities that we serve and how we want to contribute to that. And I think that's the highest quality lead generation tool we could have. It's like finding your sense of self as an agent or as a brokerage and letting other people into your world.
0: I agree with that. And that's a great point because, again, uh, going back to Ray Allen. earlier he was saying the same thing he's he's bearded up and uh, he's got this big beard and one of the I asked him well you know what's your advice for other agents maybe starting out or whatever and he said one of the questions he get at he gets asked is they'll say can I just be me can i just do do you type thing do you know and he said well in the beginning you probably want to follow what successful agents do and but and then after a while then you start to niche down and and then you can you know he goes then you can grow your beard out and he goes i show up to meetings in a t-shirt and uh board shorts and whatever and he goes but he goes that might turn some people off and he goes i'm okay with that because i you know i may not mesh well with them anyway, relationally, but he goes, I got a lot of people that seek that out. And he does a lot of podcasts. He does a lot of stuff that you're, well, some of the the media production stuff, he's pretty good at like, like you. And, uh, he said, they choose me because I am who I am. I'm open. I'm honest. I'm going to give them the straight up what the information is. And so they, they like him. And so they'll do business with him regardless of what the, the heck he's wearing or, you know, what kind of beard he's got or whatever. So, right. you know, I, I agree. I think that's great advice. Um, maybe starting out you know people maybe can't go as crazy (laughs) (laughs)
1: well I mean it's more than just I I think before you're when you're just starting out you don't really know who your people are yeah like I I worked for when I first got my license I worked for a lady who was amazing named Polly Driscoll Mm -hmm. and she was at the end of her career she was planning to retire in like a couple years so I was her last assistant before she retired and you know she had a maternal nurturer vibe about her. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the people that were her clients were like young families and like people who really like appreciated her maternal nurturing self.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And I'm this like, you know, uh, young, feisty, uh, ambitious, but I have no sales track record and I'm coming into it as her assistant.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. So I noticed a lot of her clients didn't trust me with the heavier, even though I was capable, Mm -hmm. they didn't, they didn't see it. The same thing. I'm not an, I'm not older than them. I'm not a nurturer. I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, I am a nurturer, but I'm not a nurturer in that maternal way, the way that they were being treated by her at that time. Right. I'm probably much more so now that I have Mm -hmm. a kid, but anyway, Mm Long story short of it is I had to find my people and my people were my peers and the people who I built my business with are people who I wanted me to speak directly and they wanted to speak directly to me, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's an honesty and a kind of East coast, like reality check. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, right. And not (laughs) Jersey shore. (laughs) No, it's not classless. It's just
0: <laughs> yeah. It, I didn't mean it's that. Just
1: honest, you yeah. know. It's just honest. Yeah. It's like no bullshit. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then you know when I watch like reality television shows, I'm like, oh my god, that is such bullshit. <laughs> oh like, oh my god, our life is so. Maybe their life really is that, like that. Mm-hmm. But if my life was like that, I'd want to kill myself. <laughs> like, there's n- there's nothing like redeeming about that to me. Mm-hmm. The way it's presented. You know, so but maybe there's a world where these are, you know, your buyer is sitting on a yacht and doesn't care about the money or something. You know, (laughs) I I just don't that's not the world that I live in. So you have to find your people and then be yourself with once you have established who your people are. So you don't want to you don't want to eliminate too many potential people before you have a track record to support that. So I I agree with with what he said.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And I feel like it's also geographic too. When I worked in DC, I had to cover my tattoos. Mm. But in LA, I can have my tattoos. Mm -hmm. Florida, it's a mixed bag. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I was
0: going to say Florida is probably a little bit different.
1: It's a little bit different, but I think it's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not as foreign to have tattoos and be a real estate agent as it was in DC. In DC, it was like, you know, I was definitely like, the purple monkey in the room, like there's because they're, no
0: they're used to the polish, the the monkey suit. The- oh
1: my god, they're like yeah, they're they're wearing like full like blue, navy blue and black suits. Everybody's always dressed up. They go to the office dressed up, you know. Mm-hmm. Where in California. We're like in flip flops and jeans, <laughs> and you don't. I know an agent personally who has sold over a billion dollars in real estate, and he wears flip flops and shorts to every showing. You know, (laughs) so in LA too, there are these like millionaires that could walk into your open house at any time, and they might not look like it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a crazy story if you have time for it, but yeah, go for
0: it, go for it, and then we'll we'll close up.
1: I tell all my um, my my agents to beware how you treat people because you never know. Mm -hmm. So I was hosting an open house, and this homeless lady came to the front door and she had like a wig on. It was like very, like, dramatic, like trash in it. It was like, she smelled like urine. She was just like, like really at a bad place, you know? And she zeroed in on me and walked up to me and said, "I need you to help me. I need you to help me. I, I, they're trying to get me out of my place, and I'm just, you know, I'm just like, I, I, I need your help. I really know that I'm supposed to talk to you, you know. And and I'm like, okay, one second. I'm like, let's go outside, <laughs> so I can talk to you because I have to sell this house right now. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna go outside. I'm gonna talk to you for a second. And I said, what's this? What's going on? You know? And she said, well, you know, these people they're trying to kick kick, kick me out of my house, and." And, and she told me like this story she goes, can you come over tomorrow? And I said, do you have a phone? She said, no, I don't have a phone. She gave me an address and she said, please come over. Like, please come over tomorrow. I said, okay, I'll see what I can do. But um, let's try and pick this back up after I do a little due diligence and I know where you are now and
2: mm-hmm. whatever.
1: So I, I, I was like, okay. So she left and I felt like, okay, wow. That was really intense. But one thing she told me was that her brother was this very famous baseball player. Mm. Okay. Which... Again, given the fact that she, (laughs) you know, it's, you know, whatever it's, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. So believe it or not, that day I'm driving home for the open house and I get an email update from MLS and it has the property address she gave to me Mm. on it. And in, on the private marks, it says something like, hard to show, difficult tenants, okay? Mm. So I called the agent and I said, I think I just met one of your tenants. I think she came to my open house and she said her name was this and she said, this is the scenario. And she goes, oh no, she's the owner. I was like, oh, she's the owner. And she's like, yep, yeah, she's the owner. She inherited this property. It was a million dollar property, okay? Wow. Yes, so obviously, because there was another agent involved, I wasn't really able to do anything. Right. But the lesson is never judge a book by its cover. You know, always give people the grace. I mean, unless somebody's like personally threatening you. Yeah, you <laughs> got <laughs>
0: security first. You got to yeah. do your diligence, like you said.
1: But you just never know, you know. And yeah, it turns out that she was the owner, and there was like, and and, and they were trying to liquidate the asset, kind of out from under her, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so that was the pressure she hmm. was feeling. But yeah. Wild. Isn't that? Yeah. And she legitimately was that very famous baseball player sister.
0: Wow. Interesting. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy.
1: Yeah. Great so story though. Know. You never know when your next lead's going to walk in or how they're going to be dressed. It's like the pretty woman thing. It's like, yeah. you got to treat people with respect and like, uh you know, have something to contribute.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that's, and, and know who you are and what you have to offer and what your values are and let people see that, let that resonate with them. Mm-hmm. So, have some consistency in what it is that you're saying and how you're being and how you're showing up in a marketing way online. Mm -hmm. And people will find you, they will find you and they will want to work with you. You don't even have to chase them.
0: Right. That's great advice. And it goes back to the old Zappos stories of the, I think the Zappos, the customer service getting phone calls about somebody just asking them, Hey, can you order me a pizza? And they order a pizza for them, but that's not their business, but they did it anyway, <laughs> to go above and beyond. That's I don't really know if you funny. heard that story. Zappos. Yeah. Back in the day when Zappos was growing and was getting big. So they had this, you know, their credo and, and their, their company motto and, and all that stuff. They had some really cool stuff. Since then, I think they've been acquired, and I'm not quite sure what the story yeah. is with them now. But they had a pretty cool thing there. Yeah, great, great advice, Courtney. Yeah, that's
1: cool, thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank so, um, be respectful of your time. Let's, um, you know, give people where they can find you, website, uh, sure. any new stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, our podcast and video content is at YouTube.com forward slash Acme Real Estate. Our Instagram is at Acme Real Estate, and my personal Instagram is at Courtney and Lala. But you can also find Acme Florida online, which we didn't really talk about. Yeah, It's at www.acmeflorida.com and LA is at acme-re.com. So just quickly, Florida is an incredible place and our Orlando market is insane. And I went there and I saw so much possibility and so much opportunity. Um, it was kind of a no brainer. So I have family there. I have family here and I've been... You know, I was kind of going there quite a bit during COVID and really falling in love with it and the market and the opportunity. And so many businesses, especially Californians, have been moving to Florida.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They need a new aesthetic
2: mm-hmm. for a lot
1: of these properties. So I'm like, mm, I'm a transformation brokerage. So I found an, a talented broker uh, on the ground who I'd known for a few years who saw Acme and really liked our branding and we decided to partner together. So she's the broker on the ground there. I'm not the broker there. I'm just a co-founder and kind of, uh, you know, visionary when it comes to marketing and direction and that kind of thing. But we just got off the ground. We started last year and it's been incredible. We have an amazing team. So if anybody has Orlando referrals, we can take great care of you. And of course, LA, we got you covered too.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a smart move and yeah, we didn't get to talk about cuz there's so many cool stories that you have and, and so many cool things you're doing. And I thought that was smart because the the whole California yeah, immigration, right? E M I, all the Californians moving out, going to Florida. I was like, man, yeah. that's smart. You got you got you get capture the people in California and then you can just find them a house in Florida and you just you go back and forth. I thought that was one of the smartest True. things to do.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, we've done that for a few people. Mm-hmm. But our some of our most successful sales have actually been out-of-state investors who were referred by LA people Mm. um, to buy in Florida. Mm. So we've sold a couple of of properties for out-of-state investors too.
0: What an interesting uh, tent to the business model for some out there, real estate people possibly that could, you know, same thing. They could be in Texas or that are find somebody in Texas that they can partner with or yep. Tennessee or Kentucky or some of these ones where a lot of people Montana, right. Where people are going for, out of California or New York or some of the, the, the crazy States. And yep. yeah, what, what, a, what an interesting tent that you can do on that business model with that.
1: You can really get quite a lot for your money and, you know, the houses aren't that old. So Mm -hmm. foundation wise, structure wise, you're dealing with something a bit newer than what you're getting in LA generally. Mm -hmm. And the cost of doing business, the state costs um, and the concerns that we have here, a lot of them are not so prevalent there. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more opportunity. I mean, what I'm saying is there's a true middle class Mm -hmm. and you can serve that true middle class there relatively affordably with good design
0: hmm Yeah. And that's they need, what when, they
1: want it. They want it. <laughs>
0: right. Well, that's what you were saying because you got the design oriented mind and you were saying that over there in Florida, it's not quite there. Like it is obviously in LA and San Francisco, it, you're going to have
1: it. They yeah. people know it when they see it, they love it, but people aren't doing anything to their homes before they put them on the market, which is bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. Even getting people to stage is very challenging
0: in Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it's a, it's a, it's a mind shift change. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, I have to actually try and Mm -hmm. maybe I'm leaving money on the table if I don't. Yeah. You know,
0: interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I appreciate your time. All all great advice. Uh, Cool stories. And that's why I wanted to have you on Courtney. So thanks. Thanks for your time here today.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
2: I I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed our conversation. Cool. All right. Stay on Courtney. Hold on.